Hi, this is Scott Wilkinson, host of Home Theater Geeks. In episode 66, I chat with Barb Gonzalez about her updated experience with Roku and other media streamers. So stay tuned. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Home Theater Geeks is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Home Theater Geeks with Scott Wilkinson, episode 66, recorded May 16th, 2011. Roku Reconsidered. This episode of Home Theater Geeks is brought to you by MailRoute, a secure hosted service that filters viruses and spams for companies of any size. Visit MailRoute.info and sign up for the email filtering service that Leo and Tom use. Hey there, Scott Wilkinson here with UltimateAVMag.com and HomeTheater.com. This week's guest geek is Barb Gonzalez, a.k.a. the Simple Tech Guru, who specializes in explaining technology to the average consumer, especially network media servers and streamers, which she writes about on About.com. She's also a return guest, so I'm really happy she's back. Hey, Barb, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me again. Now, those who are logged into the uh, uh, live video stream at live.twit.tv or the chat room at irc.twit.tv can post questions for Barb, and I'll pass on as many as I can. Now, I'm really glad to have you back, Barb, because last time you were on, you generated some controversy, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have my own opinions, don't I? You do, and as a good journalist, you know, uh, your opinions are, you need to be true to you, what you observe and what you feel about things. And when you were here last time, you were talking about your experience with Roku and yes. that it was less than altogether positive. And, it, it, uh, it was downright, you know, I, I felt bad for them. I, I really did. <laughs> I did. But, you know, on the other hand, they, they weren't working with me either. Um, what happened last time, if, for people who didn't hear, was that I um, was not a fan of Roku's when there are a lot of Roku fans out there. And one of my major problems with it was the, the picture quality. And the, and the problem with it was that it was almost un unwatchable. I mean, there were ghosting and there was jagged edges and blurring. And I knew that there was probably something wrong with my unit, but I, I just couldn't get Roku or anybody else to send me a unit. And finally, after a couple months, they did. And they sent me an upgraded unit. The first one I had had was supposed to be the XD and they um, sent me the XDS the second time right, now around. They have several, there are several tiers of hardware, right? I get, I think there's right. the Roku, then there's the Roku XD and now the Roku XDS, which is, I guess, right. the top of the line, right? Right. And the, um, and the differences on the XD and the XDS are less about things like picture quality, a little bit about connectivity, um, but otherwise it's it has a USB connection and um, 
really very, very little else that's, that's very different. So mm. picture quality should not have been substantially better or substantially worse for the XDS. Mm -hmm. so um, they both have, do they both have uh, HDMI out to the TV? Is that how yes, the, you actually connect Actually, they the both TV? do have HDMI out, but I believe it's only the XDS that has a connection so that you can use a component out in case ah. you don't want to use the HDMI. Well, and the only reason you would not want to use HDMI is if your TV didn't have an HDMI input or your receiver, if you're going through your receiver, right? Or, or if you just don't have enough, you right. know? Right, right. So, and, and case in point is, is my mom, um, who has only two HDMI connections and more than two HDMI. Um, she's got a, a Blu-ray player and a set-top box from her cable company, and mm -hmm. that's it, you know? So now instead of getting some kind of switch or anything, it's just easier for her to hook up with a component video, which um, makes me, you know, maybe somebody's going to think I'm eating crow or maybe I'm being hypocritical, but um, I actually, when my mother said, what box should she buy? Mm -hmm. I recommended that she buy a Roku. Mm -hmm. Now, why did you do that if you thought it wasn't delivering a very good picture quality? Or had well, you first, had you between the time you were on the show last and the time you recommended to your mom seen the new XDS and seen an improvement in picture quality. I, I had seen the new XDS. In terms of picture quality improvement, yes, there was picture quality improvement, but not extremely. It wasn't, um, it, it, it still isn't as good as other boxes out there that we can talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the quality was at least watchable. Okay, there was yeah. no ghosting and, and blurring and repeated images and things like that. Mm. So, um, and the photos where the photos had been almost like posterized, they still didn't have a good color depth, which meant that they kind of had little blotchy colors around, but it was still better. Now, my mother is um, getting on in years and her mm -hmm. eyesight is not grand. So, uh, uh, so... We're not talking about a video file here. So, you know, she sits back and, and it'll be good enough quality. So it would be maybe standard definition-ish quality. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing about the Roku that um, I do want to sing its praises about is in terms of being a media streamer. Now, the difference between a media streamer and a, a network media player is that a media streamer is really about taking online content and streaming it. Um, to the player more than file as sharing. It, as it comes in to, the, to your home through your internet connection. Right, online stuff. Things like right. Netflix and Voodoo and Hulu and Amazon.com, uh, Amazon On Demand, right. and all those kind of things. So um, one thing about Roku, it's very easy to set up. So my mom can set it up. It's, um, it's got hundreds, I think, of apps at this point. It just keeps adding more and more and more apps. Um, and by apps, we mean, uh, channels, in this particular case, services. channels or, or access to specific content providers. Right, right. We're, we're having a uh, crisis of terms because some, some people call it channels, which I think mm. Roku calls it channels. Um, somebody like Samsung or, or Google TV will call it apps. Um, but they're all the same thing. Basically, it's the Netflix, the Pandora, the Voodoo, all that kind of stuff. I don't believe right. that Roku has Voodoo, but um, they do have these other Amazon On Demand. And they also have some of the 
better versions. Um, things like Crackle TV. Uh, Crackle TV is um, a, they have full length movies and TV shows, mostly from uh, Sony. Um, actually, many of them go back to the days when I used to work on them <laughs> at Sony. <laughs> That's right. You used to be a TV producer, as I recall. Well, I worked for the studio, and and it, 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 you know, when I looked at Crackle TV, it looked like a list of the my credits, things like flatliners and postcards from the edge, and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, huh. um, be that as it may, Crackle TV is free, but you do watch cart, and it's not. You get commercials, but it's uncut. But um, there are many different devices that have Crackle TV but only have sort of the older version without the full-length ver- uh, full features and TV shows. Mm. So um, that's what I'm saying about Roku, is not only do they have these channels or these connections to the different online uh, sources, but that they have the best version of it, too. So I, I'm amazed, actually, to just interrupt for a second, that, um, that there are different versions of a given program or a different provider that that they'll provide one stream to one uh, box and a different stream to a different box is that really true it is absolutely true um a case in point is that voodoo has 3d uh content but if your box doesn't isn't capable of sending that 3d content you won't even see that it's available well you know 3d makes some sense to me because that's a sort of a different technology. You have to have a TV that deals with it. You have to have a, a signal path that is able to deal with it. But I'm, but even just with 2D, if you have cut versions of shows coming in from uh, Crackle TV into one box and uncut versions of the same shows coming in to uh, the Roku box, that just seems really weird to me. If Think about it. It's not actually so weird. Um, the reason it's not so weird is that... Um, just like the firmware on a hard on a device, you know, mm, where you get new sure. versions and new versions and new versions, um, each of these apps or these ways of connecting to these online sites will also have versions. Um, Netflix has, I think, three different versions. The first one where you can't, where you can only get to your instant queue, where you can to uh, view what you've already put in there. The mm-hmm. second one is now you can um, add stuff, uh, you know, look through a bunch of uh, the new movies. And, and, and Yeah, and add stuff to it. And the third one is just gives you complete control. And so there's these three different versions, and, and depending on where that network device is in, in terms of the versions... Um, depends on which one that they're getting. Like Netflix has rolled out over such a long period of time that most devices now allow you to choose and remove and and work on your uh, instant queue right from the app rather than having to do it online. Um, But here's another case in point, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place, is that um, Sony, the Sony... Sony, Bravia TVs, the smart TVs, mm-hmm. um, the new Sony media player, um, the Sony Blu-ray players. Uh, we actually bought one for my mom and she returned it because of the Netflix um, interface. And um, It was different than the Netflix interface from it, Roku, for example? From any of them. Oh. From any of them. The, it, it's really got something bizarre going on where 
if anybody's ever uh, streamed from Netflix and they mm -hmm. wanted to fast forward, you know, they get those little boxes of the different uh, scenes that are coming up. And you kind of just go to the, the still of the scene you want to go to. Sort of like then, chapter selection on a DVD or Blu-ray. Exactly, but, but it's much, but, it, but it's like every few seconds. There's a still oh, from uh -huh. every few seconds. And you uh -huh. just go and you look for that picture and then you click on it and that, then you'll go to that scene. Um, other, you know, other apps will have it where when you fast forward, it's just like fast forwarding in a video where it's every, all the action goes fairly fast. Mm. But, <laughs> you know, you see, you see what's going on. On the Sony's, there's nothing. There's no hmm. of these little still pictures, and there's no, and you don't get to see what you're fast forwarding to. It so just blanks. The screen just blanks out. Well, it's it just stays where it's at. It stays in ah, the. In freeze, it freezes, in other words. It freezes, and then you have to go to a time. So if you know that the the action you want to go to is at two minutes fifty four seconds or twenty minutes and thirty two seconds, then right. you can go straight to it. But somebody like my mom who likes to fast through, forward through bloody scenes or chase scenes and stuff like that, she right. won't be able to see what's going on on the screen. So how is she going to know where to go to? And yeah, I talked to not. Sony. I talked to Sony. They said, yeah, that we have a different app than anybody else. And they didn't have any other explanation. So yes, there's different apps for the different, um, the different uh, devices, even though it's that's, the same app. It's a different yeah, that's, version. That's incredible. So I wouldn't then call it a channel. I was tempted to say, you know, we should call it a channel because it's a source of content like ABC or NBC or a channel on TV, but it's really not. It the app determines the interface and what you see when you use the content. And it may, in fact, be different content. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, well, then maybe I'm changing my mind about it. Maybe it should be, they should be called apps. Although that is kind of <laughs> confusing because it's, you know, an app is also, you know, uh, an application, a program that does something. Well, which these are too, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, is Roku, uh, does it deliver high def at all or... Or yeah, is it it's supposed strictly? To. It's supposed to be. Exposed. Yeah, it's supposed to be 1080p. 1080p you know? or 1080i? No, it's supposed to be 1080p. They, wow. You know, the question is how much content is actually being streamed at 1080p. But um, no, it's supposed to be 1080p, so it really should be good quality. Um, the other question, can, though, is is how much bandwidth do you need coming into your home for 1080p? Do they say? Do they say you need? You know, six um, megabits per second into your well, home in order to see 1080p or three megabits or whatever it is? Let's look at Voodoo, okay? Mm -hmm. um, Voodoo has their HDX high quality. I'm not sure if it's 720 or 10, 1080, but at their very highest quality sound and picture, I think that you only need about four megabits per second. Mm. Um, I'm very sensitive to people who live in the country because I used to get like one megabit per second and now I'm at 60, so it, I don't think about it much. <laughs> 60 megabits. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, the hardest part is getting it to move around the house, but that's another conversation. Okay. But um, but in terms of, you know, picture quality, um, here's a complete opposite. What I was saying about the Roku is that the apps are really great or the channels or whatever you want to call them. They're really right. great. There's lots of them and they have a good interface and they get the newest ones um, on Amazon on demand. They were one of the first ones to get the instant viewing um, or the free view. 
I think is what they called it, the instant free videos. Um, because if you're a Prime member for mm -hmm. Amazon On Demand, you know where you get the cheap... Um, Shipping. Shipping, yes, thank you. And where mm -hmm. you get the cheap shipping, um, you also get a lot of free uh, streamed movies on Amazon On Demand. And Roku was one of the first uh, boxes that came out with that. Now, um, you know, but of course, like I said, unless your eyesight is not as... 2020 and you could be fine with that and you're not a video file then the roku box is just fine however however on the other side if you want something that's going to give you a really good quality picture but not as good of of channels and such um mm -hmm. the new sony media player the smp n100 um is got excellent excellent quality picture and one of the reasons is because it's sony that made it and because it's not a hard drive company like seagate or western digital or whatever it's a home theater company sony knows what to put into a home theater component yeah, so but didn't you, you just say that the sony apps in their tvs and and blu-ray players uh were maybe not quite as good as the apps uh, in in the Roku apps. or something else. So this is the point I'm making. The yeah, apps okay. are great on the Roku, but the quality of picture kind of sucks. Mm. But when you get to the Sony player, the quality of picture is pristine. They have a precision upscaler. They do. It does uh, XV color. It does 12 bit deep color. The whole thing. It it mm. really has uh, when it. What it brings in, it's a beautiful picture. And here we have a picture of it for those who are watching the video. Uh, uh, John, our engineer, has uh, kindly called this up on the Sony uh, website. And, uh, of course, it's a, a lovely black box. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a little bit bigger than the other ones, which is fine. Uh -huh. um, it has a full-size remote control that actually can be programmed for your TV. Try that on for size. Mm -hmm. And... Um, for anybody who knows what HDMI CEC is, and if you don't, you should always keep it, turn it on. It's um, HDMI home theater control, which means when I have it, that control turned on on the box and the control turned on, which is called AnyNet Plus on the Samsung, um, I have it hooked up with an HDMI cable. All I have to do is turn on the Sony Player box, and it will turn on the TV, turn on the the AV receiver, and change everything to the right input just by right. turning the box. That's HDMI CEC, and it right. has that. No right, other, it's beautiful. No other yeah. player there has that. No, no other player has that, huh? That's interesting. No, no. Yeah, CEC just uh, stands for Consumer Electronics Control. Yeah. And the, the unfortunate part is each company has its own name for it. Absolutely. Which is yeah. really a problem. Samsung, it's called AnyNet Plus. Uh, Sony, it's called uh, Bravianet. Bravi, BraviaNet or BraviaLink or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so easy you, you and to, Yeah. You kind of have to uh, ferret your way around these terms from different companies. Uh, but they do provide this basic functionality, which I agree is really cool. So, yeah, so like I said, um, I would have liked to have seen the new LG do the same thing since it was a, a TV company, but, mm. but they kind of are sticking more with the real basics of a media player. 
Yeah. With their, that's, and that is the LG Smart TV Upgrader that has just come out. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, uh, where the, um, basically, I guess it's, it's another media player like the, the Sony or the Roku or anything like that that will turn mm -hmm. any TV into a smart TV, essentially, with an outboard box. Right. It, it really is just another uh, media player. Um, I was a little disappointed because I was really hoping that it would have all the functionalities of the, the LG smart TVs that I saw at CES. Mm. Um, but it, it seems to be still a little bit limited. Um, it does have a web browser, but it can't connect to a lot of the um, video sites or anything like that. Um, and I hate that. I really, I was really had, I really had high hopes for Google TV as being able to do exactly what you just said, which is to have a browser to be able to connect to any site, regardless of what it's given you, and then yeah. to, you know be able to show it. But even Google TV can't do that. Well, you know, they just had that Google conference, the app um, app developer conference, and such. Oh yeah, and. Uh -huh. and um, there is going to be a major upgrade to Google TV this summer where it is going to be have what I think they call Honeycomb, which is yeah. an Android. It, it won't look like the Apple TV or the Google TV that we have now. It'll have lots of apps and a marketplace, and there's going to be a lot more development. Mm. Um, I've actually had a little bit of success lately because um, there is now the YouTube uh, video rentals. I don't know if you right. know that mm -hmm. you can rent videos on YouTube now. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but it's only three, <laughs> 360 or 480p. So, um, but uh, it does work with the Google TV, and it's one of the few web browsers it does. Um, and then the other other place that I love using the Google TV for is a site called Zediva. Z-E-D-I-V-A. Is that Zediva.com? It's Zediva.com, mm -hmm. and it's you, you can't call it a video streaming service. You have to call it a DVD streaming service. Okay? What do you mean? <laughs> I know. It, they're getting around some things. One of the things about all the video streaming services is that they have to deal with the studios and the rights, um, and they can't stream something uh, the day that it gets released on DVD. So this company, yep, you notice the we're sorry, they are closed, but it's but they do open it up for new members from time to time. Um, well, wait, 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 hold on a second now. We're, we're looking at this video. For those of you who are looking at the video, you can see the Zadiva site. And right there on the homepage is a we're sorry, <laughs> <laughs> which means I guess they're closed. Uh, how, how, how does that work? How can you, how, how do they open okay, well, up for new users once in a while? Is. Let's explain what it is and please why. Please do, please do. You, you told me this offline and it's really quite remarkable. So please tell our audience what the heck this thing is. Yes. Um, okay. So most sites have digital movies or, you know, and they have digital files and all you have, your computer goes and talks to their digital file and you play your digital file. It comes streaming down your internet it comes connection. Streaming and, down. and, you know, and the, it, it, anybody can access it. It's not limited. Um, Zadiva, on the other hand, in order to get around the wait time for releases and everything else, these guys go out and buy a bunch of a DVD, put them on actual 
jukebox DVD players in a warehouse someplace in Silicon Valley. And when you go and decide that you want to rent a movie, one DVD player is actually playing in that warehouse and streaming it to you. What? <laughs> it's so crazy. It's actually there's an actual DVD player there. So it's like you're, you're remotely controlling a DVD player that's in some warehouse. Wow. It, so so it's a very different experience because you get to see all these, you know, you get to see all this fast forwarding through the DVD and you see little things come popping up and everything else. It's a you very mean, strange You mean when you, when you fast forward through the movie, it's actually no. physically fast forwarding through the DVD? It is. Oh, yes, most definitely. That's but, incredible. Uh, but when it starts, when the movie starts, when you hit play, um, there's even a little note that says it's getting, it's getting ready, basically. And so then you'll see some of the, the previews, and it'll fast forward through the previews, and you'll see the play screen come up. And, and then finally, it'll settle in, and it'll play. Now, okay. And the so, reason for doing this, just pardon me for interrupting, but the, re no, the okay. reason for doing this is to get around these, the limitation, the release window limitation that's, that is imposed on streaming digital files from a server. Yeah. Is that correct? Have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're streaming digital files, you have to get the rights to stream that. Uh, Whereas if you're somebody who's just playing a DVD and somebody's watching your DVD player, it's one DVD per person. So it kind of gets around it. But we'll kind of get into that in a second. See, the mm -hmm. idea that they have is that this is a virtual um, video store. It's like walking into your video store, looking at the shelves, deciding what you want to rent and renting it. It's just that it's being, it's being uh, streamed to your house remotely, right? Yeah, right. This so, is very weird. So the thing is that when you go to Zadiva, once, you know, I was lucky to get in on it before anybody heard about it. Um, <laughs> and, and again, that's why you have the wait list, right? Because there's only so many DVD players that can be playing at the same time for the members. So they have to wait until they get a certain amount of members and then they buy more DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so crazy. is that why they're closed right now? Is it yes. they're waiting for more members? I guess they, more members, more money, uh, however it works that way so that, so that yeah, they can uh, get more um, physical media to make sure that, that there's uh, DVDs ready for everybody. See, the thing is that, Okay, so you walk in, if, in, imagine, you know, thousands of people walking into this video store. Yeah. Um, you'll look at uh, only new movies. It's like a hundred of the new, newest movies. And um, it'll either say rent now, if it's available, meaning it's on the shelf, or it'll say rent it out as if somebody had actually taken it off the shelf and left the store with it. Hmm. So, it, you know, so you have only can get the ones that are, actually physically ready for you so you can imagine that if you have too many people then there's nothing available right right so um so there are i seem to find that there's always some time of day that i can rent something out but um you hit rent now you have uh it's a dollar per rental if you get 10 rentals um and each rental uh is available to you to re-rent and re-watch for 14 days. 
Okay. And during that time, no one else can rent it? It's like you have the physical disc in your house for 14 days? No, actually, it's not. They give you a, a four-hour period in which to watch the movie. So um, you can, as you're watching it, let's say you need to, to pause it. You can pause it for up to an hour. If you let it pause for more than an hour, it will automatically put it back on the shelf, and you'll have to go back and re-rent it when it's available. Hmm. It, um, otherwise, you have a four-hour period within which to watch it. If you don't finish it within the four hours, again, it goes back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it so, and there's more than one copy too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine? exactly. <laughs> and the thing is that they actually they don't they don't get like, at, from what I hear, they actually go into stores and actually go and buy the the videos at retail prices. Oh my God. And of course, the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, is suing them. And I was going to say, that we've got some comments in the chat room about legal issues. There have got to be legal issues here. Right. They're, of course, they're already suing them. And um, when I originally talked to the head of Zadiva, he said that they one of their first people they put on board was somebody who was an expert in online rights and streaming, a lawyer. So, you know, they were like prepared. Like an intellectual property lawyer. Exactly. Well, I guess specific to, to streaming movies. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so the cases are just to, to kind of go over it a real quickly. There are two case scenarios that are being cited. One is, when um, a hotel had a DVD player behind the counter and allowed um, all the different uh, TVs and all the different rooms to be able to watch the DVD that was playing behind the counter. Right. That was ruled um, to be a um, broadcast because it was one DVD player and lots of people watching. It was an exhibition. One too many, right. One to many. Whereas um, a lot of people, you go into a small hotel or an inn, there'll be DVD players in every room and you can go downstairs and grab a DVD and be able to watch it in your room. And that was ruled to not be exhibition because it was one DVD to one person. Mm -hmm. And that is the case scenario that they're trying to... Um, to piggyback on to say this is only one this is person. just like that it's just that the dvd player is not in their living room so it's the same as coming into a video store and renting it from a video store mm. well, what happens will remain to be seen if you uh i just suggest anybody uh it's pretty good quality picture it's not HD, but it, you know, because it's a DVD, but it's a pretty good quality picture. It's a, a great experience. It's very cheap. Uh, you get it for a long time and you get the brand new movies right away. So, so as um, soon as those movies come out on, so they don't, uh, A, they, they, as soon as those movies come out on DVD, these guys go out and they actually buy a bunch of copies and make them mm -hmm. available. Right. So by the, usually by the end of the day, it'll be, it'll all be there. So, and you can't get that by streaming. No, um, there. Sometimes you on some movies you can get them, but it'll only be a standard definition, which is what this is too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so they're not doing Blu-ray yet. That was my other question. No, no, and I don't think that they said that there was any intention of doing Blu-ray because um, the price and all the other conveniences um, just doesn't uh, isn't up. good for their their business model. Isn't that? Icardo Shinsky and. 
in the chat room says, what's a video store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you can still go to Target and, and buy buy videos. And uh, I guess there's I think there's still a Blockbuster near my house. I mean, I haven't been in years, but... Uh, yeah, it's so it, it's a it's a pretty crazy scenario, you know. But there's just so many streaming, so many ways you can stream now. I mean, like I said, YouTube is now doing movies and TV shows. Um, there's all the the free content and and the the paid content up from Amazon on demand. Mm -hmm. But that's going to give you the the high definition. Um, Voodoo is starting to uh, pick up some TV shows. Now they're only doing standard definition on their TV shows on Vudu. Mm -hmm. um, and there's very few of them, but I guess they just wanted to put their, you know, hat in the ring of making sure that some TV so stuff. Vudu does have a high definition service, but it's only on movies. Is that what you're saying? Um, it's, it's only on movies except for one, right now, mm -hmm. one, um, the Walking Dead series, which was quite beautifully shot even though it was gruesome um the walking dead series from last year is um the only sh tv show they have available in the h high definition and that the hdx you know extended um like uh audio you know right. surround now i i i thought my reading of the voodoo website seemed to imply that HDX was download only, not streaming. And yet I did get an email from somebody. Uh, I said that at one point somewhere, and, and I did get a correction that, that no HDX can stream as well, as now, long as you have sufficient bandwidth. And, and when it originally came out on the, voodoo, the actual Voodoo box that they had, that, uh -huh. it was that was originally the case, but there's been so many um, upgrades to the service and everything that, yeah, you can do HDX. And, and the few 3D um, titles that they have. So far. So far, yeah. Right, I mean, most of it is just trailers. Um, it's really been disappointing. In, in January, we started seeing trailers of Tron and, and Tangled and um, other Disney movies. And um, when those movies actually became available, they didn't, they didn't come out in 3D, you know, on Voodoo. And I, that right. was really a disappointment to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a lot of people in the chat room with, with questions and comments, including quite a few I'm reading that... Uh, uh, are saying that they think uh, uh, Roku actually has pretty good quality. Reverb Mike says, switched back to cable TV last night from the Roku. Roku. Uh, big quality drop. Um, I don't know. My cable looks pretty good myself, and uh, I, I can't <laughs> imagine that it looks as good as, as any streaming, uh, that it looks worse than any streaming, really. Do you have cable or satellite in your house as well to do any kind of direct comparisons? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've got I've got cable, and um, I don't have a big cable company. I actually have just our local Bend Broadband mm -hmm. up here in Bend, Oregon, um, and they are very very progressive. And you know, um, I would say that the quality. Okay, so I'd say that the quality of the picture from the Roku is probably similar to the quality that I get from my cable box and that being said there is a lot of compression that causes artifacts from time to time on my mm. cable as well yeah that's you know? true 
And so you what is it good enough or is it high quality? That's mm. that's where we're that's where we're looking at two different things. So, and, and you also have to understand, I, I totally respect that he has looked at both and it has looked good to him and, you know, bravo. Um, it's a little bit like what you were talking about in the last podcast about, you know, what you can hear when you train your ear. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, my job is to look at one after another after another of these players and compare them. And when you do a comparison from an Apple TV or a Western Digital WDTV Live Hub or um, the Sony player, the Sony Media player, or a Boxy, those Mm -hmm. are four that do an excellent job of sending the high definition, crisp, clear, smooth colors, um, always always the best picture quality and i can all i can do is compare one to another and and the roku still does not not hit that bar yeah another question in the chat room a while ago and i don't remember who it was i can't find it right now but they were asking do you ever do uh simultaneous side by side comparisons remember a couple of times you and i have participated in mm-hmm. Um, face-offs, what are called face-offs at Home Theater mm-hmm. Magazine, where we line up four or five TVs, we play the same stuff on all of them, and uh, and evaluate, you know, say which one is better and why and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine doing a similar thing uh, with different streamers and putting them literally next to each other on a bunch of TVs. You probably don't have that many TVs to do that. <laughs> See, un- unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I have lots of different network TVs, but they're from different companies. So it wouldn't be a fair comparison. What I have done, though, is the TV I have has about four HDMI inputs. So oh, yeah. from time to time, I'll do a switch you know, switch between them. And what right. I will, and what I did, and specifically what I did with the Netflix is to have, um, I think, the BoxyBox, um, Apple TV, uh, and the Roku box on different um, HDMI inputs. Then I went to Netflix and started watching a movie, stopped it, went to the next box watched that same movie, went to the next spot, watched that same movie. And so, Not to, the just entire to, movie. No, just pieces, you know. Yeah. And actually, I replay the scene. Because yeah, the same you know, scene, scene, good. Scene, yeah, from scene to scene, it may not be the same. And um, I could tell a difference. I could see a difference. You mm-hmm. know, the Apple TV is another one that has absolutely beautiful, clear picture quality. You know, it has its own limitations and its own problems. I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, which one was that you were talking about? I was looking Apple at the TV. Show. I'm sorry. You know, the, the Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay. You think that one's got the best picture quality then of all the ones you've looked at? Well, like I said, the Sony now is is top dog. Mm-hmm. And um, the boxy box is, is excellent. Um, Netgear has a very tweaky... Uh, player that has absolutely outstanding 
outstanding quality. Um, but there's a problem. It doesn't really have any of the online apps or channels that the other ones do. It has just a couple like YouTube, but that doesn't have any Netflix or anything else. It's really meant for people who have really high quality um, video and audio in their home and want to stream it, it can handle all of that and get it to the TV. You're but talking about you're talking about media content that's stored on a, a central ha server hard disk or computer somewhere on the local network. Yes, streaming it to the, the local TV. Network. Yeah, and it's called the um, it's called Neo TV. I think it's NT five fifty or NTV five fifty, mm. something like that. It's by Netgear, and um, but it is very tweaky. Like I said, it is for those people who are audiophiles, videophiles, and want a like under $200 uh, streaming device that can handle a huge amount of file formats, just about anything you can send to it, including uh, 3D file formats and the MKV formats. I think it's called Batrovska or somebody will correct me at some point, but it's something, it's a very, um, it's a, a a format that is able to handle everything that goes onto a Blu-ray and, and without with the least amount of compression. And mm -hmm. this Neo TV can handle um, all of those kinds of file types and get them to your TV. Um, there's, a, there's just a lot of things it doesn't do automatically. Um, so you need to be a geek to use it. Yeah, it's, it's a little on the geeky side. <laughs> and um, you know, it it's the interfaces don't aren't real friendly. They they it looks more like files, and there's all kinds of funny extension names and things. So um, yeah, I I recommend it if you like to really customize your own experience, but um, not for the the average user. Yeah, not for the faint of heart. Well, <laughs> That's right. I've got a lot of I got a lot of things uh, more to talk about here, and uh, a lot of things in the chat room to bring up. But before I do, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this show, MailRoute.info. Businesses of every size use MailRoute. One user, fifty thousand users. It doesn't matter. MailRoute will protect you from spam and viruses, simplify your life, and make your email usable again. It's a secure hosted service that filters viruses and spam for companies of any size. Whether you're a single user or a company with tens of thousands of employees, MailRoute can eliminate those viruses and spam, reduce the load on your email server, lower your costs, and make your email usable again. Typical MailRoute customers see a 95% reduction in their inbound email volume with virtually no false positives. Hey, Leo Laporte loves MailRoute. He's been using the service with his domains for more than six years. Tom Merritt started using MailRoute, and he can now use email domains he'd given up on as hopeless. There's no hardware or software to install. You just sign up with MailRoute and then change the MX records of your domain to start your mail flowing through them. And then they do all the work for you. Visit MailRoute.info to sign up, and as a Twit listener, you'll receive a 10% discount for the life of your account. Small business accounts start at $2 per user per month for 10 users. And because of demand from the Twit Army, MailRoute has added a new service for individual users at less than $30 a year. Visit MailRoute.info and sign up with the email filtering service that Tom and Leo use. So um, getting back to Barb, 
I, I want to say that uh, we've gotten a, a lot of comments in the chat room. A lot of people are defending Roku picture quality. They're saying they think it looks pretty good. And uh, Darth Emma is one of them, one of our, one of our favorite long-term uh, chat room uh, denizens. And uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Magpie had a question. Here it is. Which back on HDMI CEC, I wanted to make sure we uh, make sure that we covered this. Uh, he asks, "Is the Sony HDMI CEC able to control brands from other companies like Absolutely. Mitsubishi and Onkyo?" And the answer is yes, to mm -hmm. at least a certain degree. Certain degree. Right? You've, you've well, found limitations. I've I, I've done. I did for Home Theater Magazine, I did a lot of research a few years ago and uh, did, found very few degrees. What did you find? Really? really? Um, well, there are, certain, there are certain basic things that I found are pretty universal, like turning on the power, switching the input. Um, and, and, you know, it's been a while since I've even looked at this, so I'm, I'm going to have to um, <laughs> defer for the moment uh, in terms of specifics, but... Uh, there were certain things. Oh, I do remember one case of one brand of Blu-ray player and another brand of TV where turning on the Blu-ray player would turn on the TV as well, but turning off the Blu-ray player would not turn off the TV. So, hmm. you know, I, I think there are some cases of inter-manufacturer communication that are not hundred percent. That's all, I'm, all I want to say. Well, the question I would have is if, if you had the same brand Blu-ray player with the same brand TV, would, um, it, wouldn't turn would off. it have that same problem? Yeah, you know, I, I it might have been another kind of glitch. Um, back when it's I did possible. all of the all of those kind of things, I did find that that might happen, and it, it was just the the off switch part. And I don't want to get into HDMI CEC. I've got lots of knowledge about that one. I've done a lot of articles okay, about it. Okay, all right. So. Well, we'll, but, we'll um, talk about that yeah. one more in depth, maybe on another show. But uh, I, I, uh, Magpie's been uh, repeating that question in the chat room, so I wanted to make sure to get to it. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, a glitch in the matrix. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody else <laughs> in the chat room said, um, what was I going to say here? Um, oh, I know what it was. Our engineer, uh, Jammer B, uh, was watching the, uh, launch of the space shuttle today on the high def NASA channel on Roku box. Uh, and he thought that looked pretty good. So, um, and, and Darth Emma Again. said... Again, so again, again, just... guys, everybody, it does look good. <laughs> I recommended it for my mother, okay? Hey, However, and if you recommended it for your mother. I recommended it for my mother. However, I mean, like I said, Scott, you guys had a conversation last week about, um, about what you hear in audio when you've mm -hmm. really trained, trained. yourself and, and this is what you do all the time. That and other people I want to also, you're, and you're, Yes, and you're going to make the point that the same thing goes for video, and you're right. You're exactly right. Um, <clears throat> and I also want to make the point that people who are looking at their Roku box and going, yeah, that looks great, uh, have, have not generally, I don't think, had the opportunity, as you and I have, to sit them down side by side with other similar products and right. look at them one right after the other, as you were describing earlier that you do. And I got to say, when I, I've, okay, so I've done reviews on all of these on the about.com site. Mm -hmm. And you can also link to it through my, my simple tech guru.com site. But there's, you can, 
I gave it a four stars. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, four stars means that you would probably recommend it to somebody. Four out of five. You know, the, the one down was because it didn't quite live up to the other ones, but it really is a solid box. I mean, you know, guys, people who have it, I think that you, you probably have made a very good choice for yourself. For me, it doesn't work because there's also the the difficulty of trying to get your own media files. It, it, it's not DLNA. If, or if it is, it's, it doesn't have an app that makes it very simple to get all of my media files from all of my different um, devices. Ah, and, I, and, okay. and, and if I may talk about one little thing about file formats. Sure, absolutely. Um, like, like I was talking about how the Neo TV can play anything. Right. Um, there, the the Boxy is very good at playing just about everything. Um, that new LG Smart Upgrader, Big thumbs up for being able to play anything. Again, being able to play a 3D uh, MKV file I had, it could play anything. Mm. You know, if you on the Roku, it, it doesn't even really, you have to upload things to a cloud to be able to watch your own um, photos and music and movies. Really? Oh, um, man. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a straight on, you know, go straight to the files. Uh, kind of app. Um, it, on another s score, you know, um, the Sony is got such beautiful picture quality. It's got lots of things. It's got Hulu and Curiosity, which is up now. If anybody, yeah, I was going to say Curiosity site. just had a had a hacker attack, didn't it? Yes, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> and so he's got Hulu and Vudu and, and all of those things on the, the Sony player. But when it comes to your own stuff, it'll only play like Windows kind of files, MP3s, AVIs. It lists that it's compatible with all the other files, but it does not play them. So uh, if you're does it, play, iTunes, does it play iTunes? No. 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 Nope. No iTunes video, no iTunes mu uh, music, um, and it lists that it's supposed to, and I've done everything. Um, well, it kind of lists what it's supposed to with an asterisk, so I'm not really sure if it actually is supposed to play it. So really, if you're a Windows user, the, um, the uh, Sony box is good. And then, you know, on the other side, then you have the Apple, you know, the Apple TV. Apple which, TV, right. Which only plays all the iTunes. It'll play, I think, MP3s and a couple of video files, but mostly the stuff that goes in iTunes. And there's all that air, the AirPlay stuff now where you can take it from your iPhone or iPad and beam it straight to your Apple TV and all these different applications now. But if those applications are accessing files that it still doesn't, or file types that it can't play, again, so you get... I, you get the Apple TV that can play all the iTunes stuff, and then you get the Sony that plays all the other stuff. Maybe you, know, you just get it, it does have an it's, it's an ecosystem problem. An ecosystem in terms of the in terms of the Apple ecosystem or the Windows ecosystem yeah. or the Roku ecosystem. <laughs> well, you know, and every, it, it seems like you know there's all these different little things. You know, is it going to play my files? Mm -hmm. Is it going to have good online content and the right versions of that con of those online content providers? As, as we talked about earlier in the show, yes. Yeah, is it going to be good picture quality? Um, it doesn't seem like anybody can do all of it. 
Everybody's and got it, a little piece of it. And this is what's so frustrating to me about streaming media to begin with, uh, is that nobody has everything. Everybody has a piece of it, but they're all scattered around in these different products. And I, I really had high hopes for Google TV to be the thing that brought it all together. Well, we'll talk later on in the summer when it comes out again, and we'll talk yes. about what they finally have done with it. Uh, yes, I look forward to that very much. Um, there was something here in the chat room I wanted to make sure we got here. Um, oh, have you tested the Extreme Media Player, X-T-R-E-M-E? -E? I think it's a satellite-based download system. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that, but... You haven't looked at that one yet. I haven't. I'll have to. I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah, I've seen it. I have, I have a handful of ones that are sitting on my shelf, and I keep getting uh, news and other things that are is pulling my attention. I've got the mm -hmm. Orb. I've got the Sirago, and a few other ones that I've yeah. got to get yeah. to. Steve C asks, I couldn't get his, my Boxy to work to play any video, so I guess Roku wouldn't work here either. I I, I don't know. It depends on. I, I guess if you have. Uh, uh, poor bandwidth where you are. Uh, I, I can't imagine there's that much difference between Roku and Boxy in terms of just raw ability to get stuff into it from your internet connection, right? Well, okay. Mostly not. Um, and firstly, you'd have to have a really slow connection not to be able to get anything. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I might recommend that you try to uh, connect uh, straight to the router with a, a cable because sometimes it's your Wi-Fi. Um, but in terms of the Roku versus the Boxy, um, again, remember I was telling you that there was one thing that the XDS had and that was just a little bit better on the Wi-Fi, the dual um, kind of uh, band. So mm -hmm. the XDS is going to be equal to the ability to stream on Boxy. Boxy does a very good job from from all of my my tests. Very good. Um, let's see. Uh, broadband not available in this area of Phoenix. Oh, that's Steve. Steve C says broadband not available. Broadband not available near Phoenix. That doesn't make. I can't believe that. It's probably yeah. off the grid. You know. Yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. I said. That's I used to live almost off the grid in uh, Northern California, um, and you could say it was near Sacramento, but mm. um, yeah. it, it, the best I could do was finally getting DSL after five years and get 1.5, and satellite is just not gonna cut it. Um, if, he, if they've got uh, Verizon in that area or something, mm -hmm. sometimes those go a lot faster. You can get a little Verizon hotspot card, and sometimes that'll be even faster than, than the local, um, ISPs, you know, the local uh, right, right. DSL but if he doesn't, if he doesn't even have broadband available, he's he's you know he's dial up or something, then then no, nothing's going to work. All <laughs> of this, all of this depends on having a high, relatively high speed. Uh, he's on, he's in the chat room now. All he can get is Wi-Fi from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> he's too far away for DSL. He said, "Oh man." Must live in a nice place then. Kind of. Yeah, I suppose. Note. Yeah, Broad, <laughs> broadband from McDonald's. Uh, wow. Well, listen, we we've run out of time, unfortunately, and there's so much more to talk about. Uh, I hope you'll come back again. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Um, well, I have you. all kinds of uh, reviews and other how-tos. Again, um, it's hometheater.about.com. Or um, I actually put up a blog on um, my simpletechguru.com where I've kind of uh, put some of the highlights and some of the questions that people might have and they can get links to all of those different things. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at sim um, simpletechguru. That's a T E C H simple tech guru, um, or you could find my Facebook page, uh, which is also uh, called Simple Tech Guru. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Barb. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. It's always fun. It is. I, I had a great time and uh, lots of interesting stuff to talk about. So uh, you heard Barb talk about where she can be found online, plenty of places, and lots of good information. So I hope you will seek that out. My online homes are ultimateavmag.com, hometheater.com, and you can email me at scott at twit.tv, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at htgeekscott. Next week, my guest geek is scheduled to be Wes Phillips, an audiophile and longtime contributor to Stereophile magazine, a good friend of mine with lots of interesting things to say about high-quality audio. So I sure hope you will join me for that. Until then... Geek out.